Welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I'm Precious D. And I'm Honey Bee. And today we're going to talk about Son of Kong. Son of Kong, 1933. Yes. When did King Kong come out? 1933. And Son of Kong? 1933. They wasted no time <laughs> on that cash grab. Oh. Kong was a big hit, and they did not want to let the uh, iron cool <laughs> strike <laughs> while it's hot. Oh, yes. Back at it with, uh, you know, the patriarchy and <laughs> uh, white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. And Shodzak. And Shodzak. Black and white, 69 minutes. Directed by Ernest B. Shodzak. Willis O'Brien again doing the effects. Written by Ruth Rose. Thought Cooper had a writing credit on there, but no, I think she just wrote it all herself. But uh, Maren C. Cooper is a producer again. Robert Armstrong is back playing Denim. Uh, Denim the douche nozzle. <laughs> <laughs> we have Helen Mack this time Ooh, playing, playing not Faye Ray. Uh, what do you think of Helen in contrast to Faye Ray? I, I feel like Helen was playing maybe a younger character. She was supposed to be... She, was she supposed to be younger? Oh, I don't know. I figured they're I, about the same age. I'm not sure. I feel like she was more... Um, I, I mean, I don't want to use like a terrible word, but she just seemed younger. <laughs> okay. She like in her... In her um, acting like she was to me she was like portraying a younger girl there was a lot of things where like even him like calling her kid and then though i don't know it yeah just the seemed... script is emphasizing that she's yeah i young. feel like the whole script was like everybody's a baby in this one <laughs> <laughs> this is a baby uh, version well, before we get too much into that the budget <laughs> Was two hundred sixty nine thousand, and the box office was six hundred and sixteen thousand. Not as much as Kong, but still respectable. Uh -huh. The featured monsters are Son of Kong, referred to in the script as Kiko. Kiko, but nobody calls him that in the movie. But I do love that. And so much. various dinosaurs and sea monsters uh -huh. and goofosauruses and maybe a bear at one point? Bear, question mark. Some, some sort, of, some sort of dire bear, uh -huh. some cave bear. And uh, Son of Kong is 12 feet high. Yes, 12 feet. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned last time how big Kong was, but his size varies. <laughs> <laughs> In the original, Kong is anywhere from 12 feet to 50 feet. Okay. Some of the press, I think, claimed he was 50 feet, but he doesn't actually appear to be that large right. in the film. But Baby Kong, much smaller Oh, here I have Daddy Kong, 18 to 24 feet. Daddy Kong. Claiming to be 50, but only 18 to 24 Heard. feet. And the death count in this movie is 11. That is... A lie. Counting various dinosaurs, natives, and Kiko himself, and Hilda's father. <laughs> I'm going to remember this, because I have to bring it up later when something else happens. So he'll count... <laughs> Is 11, you said? This is what I found online. I did not personally count myself. Okay. And, of course, we don't know. There's probably a lot of off-screen deaths. Mm -hmm, we only mm -hmm. see a small representation of the tribe. Right. There's probably more back around the corner. That... <laughs> uh, but I want to say uh, something about Helen Mack, though. She is interesting in that she's not in a lot of movies mm -hmm. because she went on to become a producer and director. Oh. Of first of radio programs, and then when TV uh, took off, she moved over to TV, and she continued to write plays and television, direct television, wow. uh, until she died. Yeah. How very unladylike of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought it was interesting, considering the time period that she yeah. moved into directing and producing. 
Yep, she is a fox also, sidebar. Okay. <laughs> you liked her? I did. Okay. I did. I, I did like her very thin eyebrows. Love. <laughs> love, 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 love. She was gorgeous. And okay. um, and there were a lot, her voice. There's something about her voice. And even before she was something singing. Something annoying? No, it just <laughs> seems like very, is there, I guess, is this the voice that we all base that like, you know, I feel like everyone does this voice. And this is the first time I've actually heard it. It's just like a like a something you put she, in your voice she, when you're like, you know what I mean? She and she had, uh, well, I think the voice you're thinking of mm-hmm. is Betty Boop. Okay, maybe. And she definitely had a Betty Boop quality Okay, at times. I see. Not yeah. quite as exaggerated. Right, yeah. She had a little bit of a baby doll thing mm-hmm. going, going yes. on. Yes, yes, she did. <laughs> the movie starts off, well, my first problem Please tell. Please Victor tell. Wong as Chinese cook. Oh, yes. The man has a name. Uh-huh. It is Charlie. <laughs> Short for Charles. Charles Wong, perhaps? I don't think he's Charlie Chan. He's not oh, a detective. Gosh. He's not a Hawaiian detective of Chinese extraction. But he has a name, and it is Charlie, and he is billed in the credits as Chinese cook. And he's also, if we're being honest with ourselves, the hero of he the entire... Char- both movies, Thru- really. Yes, throughout the movie, Charlie is the one on the ball who is paying attention uh-huh. while there's dumbassery going on <laughs> around him. So, justice for Charlie. Yeah. But we we begin... Shout out. ...in New York, scene one. Denim is in a boarding house. Uh-huh. Sherlock Holmes's housekeeper runs... <laughs> Mrs. Hudson uh-huh. runs this boarding house. And she has just run off the gas man who was... An imposter trying to serve papers on Denim. Denim is finally facing some consequences. Yes, finally. In just a few months later in 1933. Yes, yes. Somebody, I, so... This movie does do a little critique and deconstruction of the first one. It, that, it did, yeah. That, that later that same year, he is being sued. 11 lawsuits mm-hmm. pending against him for the fiasco that was the Kong show. The first thing I notice is there's a King Kong poster on the wall. There is. And um, it's like the poster, you know, like yeah. the, oh, come and yeah. see the great monster. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, no way. They're not even going to. And then someone, the the miss, what is her name? Mrs. Hudson. Mrs. Hudson. She's like talking and they're talking and he, someone does say all the people Kong killed and injured. And I was yeah. like, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. All so right. It, in spite of the fact that this show has ruined his life, he has kept a poster for him, <laughs> from it and hung it up in the boarding house. Then a, a, the lady who's renting the front room turns out to be a reporter who's just rented the room so she can get to denim and uh she's the one that gives us the exposition about him getting sued by i see I for see. all the the victims and investors mm-hmm. and anyone that possibly can is suing denim for anything they can and he says sure uh looking at the poster of kong he's he's lamenting what he did to him and he says i sure am paying for what i did to you Except mm-hmm. he doesn't. Except he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. And I also like this apology in the scene where he says, don't you suppose I'm sorry? <laughs> like, he never actually says, like, I'm sorry. He's just like, don't, don't you, you think? think <laughs> don't you think I'm sorry? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Denim is broke and about to be broker. More mm-hmm. broke <laughs> as people sue him. Charlie shows up to deliver a message from the skipper of the boat that they took to Kong Island. <laughs> And then the ragman comes to the back door. Is the ragman? Is this Mickey? Mickey. Mickey Ew. the Mickey the ragman comes to the back door, just pretending that he's buying and selling stuff, rags and things, because that was a thing in the Depression <laughs> and Victorian England and things, I guess. Yeah. And it turns out he's actually a, a process server. He is a ragman, but he's also serving papers on denim. Mm-hmm. His name is Mickey. And Denim makes what I think is meant to be a joke that this is like the 11th one of these that just slipped me. Mickey. Slipped him a Mickey. Wink, wink. And uh, then for some reason, once he's done his job, so Denim decides he he needs to go see the skipper and he needs to get out the back door and the ragman offers him a ride in his junk wagon. Uh, And puts a bucket on his head, question mark. Oh, did he? (laughs) I flipped away. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> to sneak him out the back door, yes. put a bucket on his he head. He puts a bucket on his head. Mm-hmm. And while they're getting in the wagon, there's a fake blind guy selling ties. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, Obviously. it's the depression. You, you There's a million guys out there with tie racks around their neck, a little ba- uh, basket mm-hmm. of ties. And you got to get that advantage by pretending to be blind to get people to buy your <laughs> ties or ribbons or whatever they are. Jeez Louise. They get to the... They get to the boat. I wrote down, Charlie must think Kongs are plentiful. Uh, yeah, I wrote down Charlie's, the next thing I have is Charlie saying, next time you'll leave Big Monkey alone. Yes, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's why I wrote that down. So when they're talking to the skipper and the skipper's like, uh, yeah, I'm about to get sued too, probably. I'm going to leave. <laughs> but yeah, Charlie admonishes him, maybe next time you'll leave Big Monkey alone. And he says, he must think Kongs are plentiful. Well, we're going to find out there's at least one more. Right. So uh, foreshadowing, I guess. Yes. And then Mickey comes in to tip him off that the grand jury is going to indict him tomorrow. So Denim and the Skipper refuse to take responsibility for their actions and skip town. (laughs) (laughs) They flee justice. Skipper wants Denim to come with him for some reason, because it's not clear to me later what role Denim is actually serving on the ship. Yeah. Maybe he's arranging for the cargoes. I am, He's not doing work on the ship itself. Right. I'm pretty much convinced that him and Skipper are in love. Okay. <laughs> they do have a tender moment before, they, <laughs> really, it's, before it's, they decide to leave. The step in. The yeah. step in, like, it was very and intimate. Somebody was leaning in for yes, a kiss, and it then was, it didn't happen. It yeah. just turned awkward. <laughs> so, But they, they leave town to avoid financial responsibility, and we see... The title, the the words come up on the screen telling Mm -hmm. us the various places they travel as we watch the ocean go by. And they end up in Dakang, which is in China. Which I will say, I know it's still the same year, but I feel like a lot of people were like, wow, that was great. We want to see more of it. And there was like, as far as special effects go, there was a lot more. The camera will stay on this for just a little bit longer. Like this special effect. Uh You know what I mean? So I feel like even though it was the same year, the special effects, there were just more of it than the first movie. Okay. So they were like, yeah, this is, this is what the people want to see. You mean when they finally got to them? Yeah. 43 minutes in? Yeah. Uh, yes. They probably had, um, you know, learned a lot making the first one. Mm-hmm. So we're able to yeah. step it up a notch. It, it was stepped up a notch, I will say. So they get to the Kang. They're not having a whole lot of success with their import-export business that they're trying to start with this one boat. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for cargo into Kang. And Denim asks the skipper, how far do you think it is to Kong's Island? And the skipper knows exactly how far it is. 753 miles to Kong's Island. Exactly. So they're both thinking about it for who knows why. And while they're wandering around to Kang, they see an ad for Peterson's famous international show. What did you think of this show? Um, well, I liked the tiny monkey band. You did? Yes. Uh, but that was another moment of just like, okay, I was like, we get it. We're, well, yes, foreshadowing of Kong, but also more animals being exploited. Yes, when they're little... So in the middle of Decaines, there is a a white man and his daughter putting on a monkey show. <laughs> it's not a dog and pony show. It's a monkey show. Little monkeys playing instruments. One of them is dressed as a belly dancer. Mm-hmm. They're playing drums and a violin. Yes. And uh, there might be a tambourine. <laughs> and, it's, it's adorable. And it is the saddest audience you've ever seen. Yeah, they are bored. There's a bunch of what appear to be locals who maybe have seen this show a million times because they're bored to death. <laughs> there And there's Charlie and Skipper and, De- and Denim. And Denim. And they're very enthusiastic, but everybody else in the crowd. Well, Denim and Charlie. Charlie, are yeah. Uh, that was a very. Skipper doesn't give a shit. That was adorable. And then after the monkeys, we meet LaBelle Helene. Wow. The daughter of the ringmaster. Ow, ow. Uh, she's listed as Hilda in the credits, but nobody calls her Hilda at any point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Her stage name is LaBelle Helene, and Denim calls her Kid. Yes. And nothing else. And nothing Just else. Just Kid. At one point, I did think he said kitten. I was like, what? (laughs) But it was kid. It was kid. It was kid. (laughs) And she plays something called the Runaway Blues Mm -hmm. on the uh, guitar. (laughs) 
and denim is taken with her she's got personality she's got something she's got personality she he says she's got personality if someone would show her what to do with it <laughs> i'll show you what to do. <laughs> yeah. uh skipper's not convinced he thinks her singing's terrible and he's not wrong uh she sings like tiny tim she sounds a lot <laughs> oh my gosh sounds a yeah. lot like tiny tim i thought oh that's funny so the show ends and they leave and and then uh the daughter and the father and daughter have a moment where the daughter's concerned about this man yes. is that man coming by again tonight mm-hmm. and he's like well he's a white man he's someone to talk to can't be bothered to make friends with any of the locals he's, <laughs> he's gonna, a white man he's gonna talk to this questionable white the daughter obviously thinks he's an unsavory character mm-hmm. but he's a white man someone to talk to yeah he would have been better off making friends with the locals <laughs> yeah as we shortly find out they get drunk mm-hmm. the uh other guy is some kind of a captain but apparently he's a bad captain who purposely lost his boat for the insurance money yes and the father calls him out on this they have a fight a lamp gets knocked over uh, he hits the father yeah he hits him over the head lamp gets knocked over fire starts and the guy just runs away because he's a scumbag destroys everything and uh hilda wakes up with her high heels on (laughs) i didn't notice she was sleeping in her heels i didn't until she was running around and like saving everybody and Uh i was like are those heels that she's running in? Because I noticed Get later, it, I noticed later on the Work. island she had heels, mm-hmm. uh, and Denim's all, not wearing heels, but he's also not wearing let's go on an island <laughs> shoes. <laughs> it's not wearing he's his wearing island these, shoes. He's wearing these snappy white dress shoes oh, that don't seem good for climbing rocks. Well, he's a white man. Yeah. So uh, she drags Dad out and drags, lets the monkeys and the seals and <laughs> the animals. <laughs> loose dra- grabs some clothes real quick and drags a chest out but it's too late dad's too badly hurt and he dies and yes. looks like maybe he whispers, whispers yeah you said that he whispers something to her i did not see the whisper but then she later says like that he said something to her yeah, or implies that mm-hmm. he says, you don't know what he said right to me. so so now she's an orphan wah, the wah, monkeys wah. have all escaped her her guitar presumably burned up in the fire She's kind of fucked. Yeah. Very fucked. Very uh, Snow White vibes with her like hair and her like little voice and her trying to catch the monkeys. Uh-huh. It was always like, oh. <laughs> so uh, Denim comes across her in the jungle, in the, I guess. She's trying to find him, get her monkey to come down out yes. of the tree. Right. Denim comes along and he's like, how'd you lose your monkey? You Yo. dumbass. You'll <laughs> never catch a monkey like that. Yeah, we get some little jokey stuff about Denim knowing how to catch monkeys. Mm-hmm. You need gas bombs to catch a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and he tell you know, she tells him, well, you know, my father, there was a fire and my father died. And he's like, oh, that, that's that's a tough break. Well, what kid. a bummer. <laughs> yeah. well, no good. That's a tough break. Life's tough. Well, see you around. <laughs> Oh, we also find out that Dad was uh, run out of the circus for being an uh, alcoholic. Right. Yes. And that's why they are have their own lame little monkey show. Their own little monkey show. And uh, then later she runs into the bad captain and accuses him of murder. And says, you just wait till the magistrate. The magistrate's going to be here next week. He'll uh, take care of it. Uh, they, they're When they're drunk, they're talking about the magistrate coming soon mm-hmm. also. So... Uh, I guess that's how things worked in China at the time. I guess Travel, so. Traveling magistrates come every few months and see what's what. Yeah, you get to tattle, tell all of your complaints. Yeah. So next we see uh, Hellstrom, we, the guy, the bad captain. Mm-hmm. We find out his name is Hellstrom. That's not significant at all. Yeah. <laughs> that his name's Hellstrom. Hellstrom. He uh, runs into denim in the bar and we find out that this is the guy that he got the map to kong's island from yeah i how did i miss something there or well i mean we knew in the first movie he says something about i got a map off of a sailor okay but we never meet hellstrom no no okay i I thought i missed something i was like what no we didn't meet him in the same skipper same charlie but right okay not hellstrom's not in the first movie 
uh, but yeah, he's the sailor he got the map off of. And Hellstrom wants a ride out of there. He wants to get out of ju- Dutch jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to turn him down. And then Hellstrom's like, oh, did you get the uh, treasure right. while you were on Kong's Island? They're like, treasure? Question mark. What, what tre- treasure? So these two assholes immediately <laughs> decide <laughs> they let's need Let's go to, back. Yeah, let's exploit what's left on the island. We uh, took the giant ape. And ruin that, and there's treasure there we can go steal. So let's go do that. And they agree to take uh, Hellstrom along with them. Oh, and they speculate the treasure belongs or was was put there put there by the people that built the wall. Who are the natives? Right. Well, we still don't know if the natives had built the wall at some time in the past, or of some previous civilization, because okay. they don't they don't look like the kind of civilization that builds giant walls and things they they give us the impression that they've either inherited this from someone else or they've forgotten the things that their ancestors knew and they can maintain the wall but they can't they didn't didn't build it themselves weird okay there just seems to be an implication of that there's a mystery of who built the wall i see but we don't really know I got it. Yeah, I was just like assuming like, wow, like whoever built the wall, like, okay, the natives, like, let's go steal their treasure. Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't a bunch of Europeans that right. built the wall. Yeah. It was either those natives or some earlier or, natives. Right. Yes. Uh, and they're excited. They think that the, like the natives are going to be happy to see them. What? <laughs> yes. They were like, the natives will be glad to see us. Yes. They're, they're going to throw a party. Yeah. He the, In Denim's mind, he got rid of Kong for them. He helped them out. <laughs> by getting rid of Kong. That's how he sees their interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but before they leave, he goes to see Hilda just to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. To, to give her, her money. Yeah. He wants to give her some money and let her know that, hi, I'm a man you've met once who saw your show, but I need to tell you goodbye before I leave town. No, you can't come with me. Because <laughs> she's, she's pretty destitute. She has a little bit of money, but she doesn't appear to have any way of making any more. Yeah. Wants him to take her away, but he knows he's going to uh, Kong's Island now and doesn't want to take her along. (laughs) So he's like, here's some cash. Nice meeting you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) And says, it's a pretty tough life. Oh, and he does another step. Maybe this is an acting thing for this guy. I don't know. But he took, he did like the intimate like step in. Yeah, yeah. Life is tough. Yeah. And then, like, step out. Yeah, it looked like he there, he wanted to kiss her, but didn't. No such luck. Never does. Never does. <laughs> little little face touch here yeah. and there. So they're on the boat. They get on the boat. They're heading to Skull Island. And the skipper's concerned that Hellstrom is getting chummy with the crew. Mm-hmm. And we see Hellstrom planting seeds of fear and doubt in the crew's minds. Yes. And that now, if I were... he told, He's telling them how he got the other crew killed (laughs) and says uh if i were captain i wouldn't put my crew in danger but you'll be fine there's plenty of guns so uh then there's some whispering going on and everybody gathers together and they start marching towards uh the cat the skipper and and denim and it looks like they're about to mutiny right now and Denim makes a crack about, uh, oh, looks like it's the Workers' Committee. Yeah, what was that? There's we must com- be in Russia. Yeah, That's what some communist stuff. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah some anti-communist stuff that the, it looks like the workers who mm-hmm. are underneath us want to have a word with us. <laughs> okay. They must be a bunch of Russian, Russian commies. I see. But it turns out that, at that moment anyway, all they want to do is say, hey, we found a stowaway. And who found the stowaway? Charlie! Charlie found it, because Charlie. Charlie's the only one paying attention. Shout out. Charlie, you're the real hero. Yeah, Hilda, we know it. Hilda has stowed away on the boat, and Charlie found her. And so now she's there. She's upset to find that Hellstrom's there, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he killed her father. Yes. He killed my father. You killed my Prepare father. Prepare to die. And he confronts her later and tries this, like, oh, don't, don't cause any trouble. Denim yes. won't be mad if you tell him that I'm a murderer. <laughs> I'm a murderer. I, I love what... this part, too, because he also calls her a crazy bat. 
Like he says, "You crazy bat." That's an odd phrase. <laughs> maybe he wanted to say "crazy bitch," but yeah, they couldn't. I mean, maybe this is pre-code. They probably could have got away with it. I don't know. He did. He said, "You crazy bat." <laughs> but once they get in sight of Skull Island, then there is a mutiny. Mm-hmm. They uh, come and knock on Denim's door. And he's all like, oh, boy, the chief's going to be glad to see us. No, he's not. Mm-mm. And then uh, he sees that the crew's pointing guns at the skipper. And Hellstrom is leading a mutiny. They put him on a lifeboat. Which I was surprised because they're like, go over, like, get over. And I was like, oh, man, they're going to make him jump. But then there was a lifeboat. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right. <clears throat> so they, they load up the captain. And the skipper. They load up the skipper and Denim and Hilda into a lifeboat. And Charlie goes. And Charlie goes willingly because he's like, I don't like those guys. Because <laughs> he's the real hero. Yeah. So he he's not being thrown off, but he willingly goes because he's not a mutineer. And they the crew will not give them any guns, but Charlie has had the foresight to plant a gun, two mm-hmm. guns, in the rowboat. How he snuck them on the rowboat. We are not sure. Well, there's all this whispering about mutiny, so he knew it was coming. Oh, he nice, couldn't, yeah. He couldn't stop it, but he could prepare for it. Yeah. Because they're not going to listen to him. If he says don't do it, they're not going to listen to him. Mm-mm. They're just going to kill him. So they put him on the boat, sent him off to the island. They're all like, we're not going. That's too dangerous. We're not going to go die for you. Screw you. Get out of here. And then Hellstrom thinks he's in charge now. And... <laughs> They, they have a little uh, communist revolt because they're like... We don't need a captain. Yeah, no more captains for us. <laughs> yeah. Get the, and they literally throw him off the boat. Yeah, no lifeboat for him. Yeah. So they go on to become uh, pirates, egalitarian pirates, and they roam the seven seas. No, we don't know. What happens. <laughs> I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what happens to that crew. They disappear. But uh, it did remind me, though, that it, like... In the age of piracy, sometimes there wasn't a captain or the captain was elected by the crew, but he wasn't the boss. They were more cooperative efforts. Yeah. Everybody got an equal share. And the captain was really just more of the manager than the owner and lord over everybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, that I think that's what these guys were going to do. Go off and start their own little co-op. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. not a pirate co-op, but a import-export co-op yeah where they all shared equally and they lived happily ever after <laughs> but they uh, mercifully denim and the skipper and they rescue hellstrom which really like i mean good for them you know you don't want to just like leave them alone flailing in the yeah. i mean denim dunks them a couple of times yeah and says do we have to rescue him but it's I, I was code of like, the sea no don't do it <laughs> Don't rescue him. I think they were operating under a basic code of the sea. If someone's overboard, you got to pull them up no matter who they are. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, denim trying to get into heaven at this point. Yeah. Really. Yes. To make up for all the the, uh, secondhand murders that he's responsible for. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I'm going to save this guy. Yeah. So uh, he gets rescued. They row to the shore, same shore from the first movie and... The chief is there. Well, Denim says, hey, uh, the chief is, it's the chief. They're going to throw us a party. And they throw a spear instead. They're going to throw us a party. Spear. I think, again, this is meant to be a bit of a joke. That they're not going to throw a party. They're going to throw a spear. The whole movie is much more lighthearted. Yeah, it was. I think they, uh, I read something about, they they knew they couldn't just reproduce the first one. Mm -hmm. They couldn't top it. So they would try to go in a different direction, be a little more fun. Yeah, I felt that. Maybe that's why I felt like the whole, it seemed like younger. I feel like everyone was just a little bit, the girl she acted. Yeah. Everything was a little goofier. Just like a little bit sillier. Yeah, even Denim's a little bit sillier. Yeah, yeah. But the natives are, are not happy to find them there so they get back in the boat and row around to another part of mm-hmm. the island find a little inlet in the rocks where they're able to get on land but it's not a real proper beach they got to climb up some rocks to get anywhere this is where i noticed the bad footwear mm-hmm. they're trying to climb these these rocks yes little so, hildy in her character yeah. shoes <laughs> so denim and hilda go on ahead leaving the other three behind 
and they come to a little ledge and we then we finally see 43 minutes in 43 minutes in of uh how long is the whole thing 83 minutes what did i say 69 Six, <laughs> 69 minutes in 43 minutes into a 69 minute movie we finally and see we finally see son of kong aka kiko kiko now we talked the last time about racial coding mm-hmm. in king kong yes and was he uh metaphorical did mm-hmm. he represent something so i just feel uh, the need to point out sure. that kiko is white yeah he was he's an albino or an ape with albinism mm-hmm. which it is a black and white movie right. so you can definitely tell but he's a much he's not the monster kong is he's a much friendlier more helpful ape mm-hmm. and his fur is white yeah. So I don't know if that's done on purpose or something, but, but it's worth pointing out. Uh, we see you, fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> we see you in there. But, but poor Kiko is caught in quicksand. And Hilda... Quicksand, quote yeah. unquote. It looks very... Tar? Yeah. Muddy? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is more like bog of eternal yeah. stench. <laughs> yeah, I thought, it was tar- I thought it was tar or mud or something, mm-hmm. but Denim says it's quicksand. But uh, so he asks Hilda if she's afraid, and she says, well, sort of, but she doesn't appear to be afraid. So the, the main difference, apart from one being blonde and the other being brunette, mm-hmm. <laughs> the main difference between Hilda and Feyre um, and Darrow is that Hilda is much less screamy mm-hmm. than Anne. Because yeah. she sees Kiko and does not instantly freak out. It probably helps that he's caught in quicksand. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. she's not tied up. And he's uh, apparently only 12 foot. Yes. He's 12 feet high. So. But they push over a tree to help Kiko out of the quicksand. Yes. And they did give him, like, they make him, he makes little, like, baby noises. Yeah. And he seemed to be, they did a lot, I feel like, to Baby Kong to make him seem. Harmless. Yes. Chill. More approachable. Yeah. So, um. But Denim is clearly uh, racked with guilt over having killed Kong. And so he wants to help out Kiko and helps him get out of the quicksand. And then throughout the rest of the movie, we see Kiko trying to pay back this favor. Denim speculates on it. Is he actually trying to help us? Does he know what he's doing? But Mm -hmm. it seems like he does. How could he? He's just a dumb animal. (laughs) My good lord. (laughs) Uh, so when, so the Kiko gets out of the quicksand and goes Mm -hmm. away and then the others catch up and Denim's like, don't, don't tell Hellstrom. He tells the skipper, there's a baby, there's a baby Kong here. Don't tell Hellstrom because he'll freak out because they've already realized (laughs) Hellstrom is not stable. Yeah. Yeah. He will get hysterical and flip out if he knows there's a giant ape on the island. Mm Mm-hmm. And they find a blocked passageway. And they're looking around and they somehow get separated and Skipper, Charlie, and Hellstrom get chased by a Triceratops. Yes. Which, shout out to Charlie again, who saves the day by punching the Triceratops in the face. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> does, he, does he just punch him or does he hit him with a stick or something? He, the first time I was like, oh my gosh, is he? But I think he does have something in his hand. Okay. But the just like the camera angle and of course like the graphics and stuff, it does look like he's just punching him. Charlie, so, yeah. dinosaur puncher. <laughs> yes. Hero to all man. <laughs> puncher of dinosaurs. But they, they, they have to hold up in this little cave. The Triceratops can't quite fit in the cave and they got to hold up in there all night. Uh-huh. While uh, Denim... Gets chased by some, by the bear, right? The giant bear, and Kiko comes in and rescues them because he hears um, Hilda scream. Oh, she, yeah, yeah, she she does scream. She, does scream. she does, she lets out the one like, ah! and he like turns around like <laughs> a lady. He's like, what? And then wasn't the, did you notice this moment shortly after where, like, he fights the bear and wins, and then he like. He's like talking. Yeah, so that, like yeah, he's like. I made a note of that. He turns around. and He looks like he's talking to them. Like he's like trying to negotiate. He's like, or something. hey, I, like I, like I the did the thing. Yeah. Did you, see, I did. did you see me? Did you see me? It's almost like a wrestling match, though, where the one guy's knocked out and the other guy goes to the side of the ring 
to work the crowd yeah, yeah, uh-huh. while the first guy recovers because yes. that's what happens yeah. while he's working the crowd the bear gets back up and attacks again yeah at which point kiko picks up a piece of a tree or something and beats the bear mm-hmm. but doesn't kill him the bear runs off it just hurts his little baby finger yeah yes it's i uh, pick i guess he scratched his finger on the uh tree or something when he picked it up and then we have this moment where denim wants to put a band-aid on kiko's finger and this will make up for having gotten his father killed yes i love this line too he says denim says this must be remorse or something like he's feeling like and he just can't quite identify what am i feeling yeah he's he's his his internal monologue becomes completely external at this point (laughs) and hilda's got the uh magic movie first aid dress Yes, in which you, which can, you just tear it off yep, a, like a nice, nothing. A nice piece of bandage-sized fabric tears off easily because mm-hmm. dresses are made that way. They're oh, designed yeah. that way. To, of course. It, well, they're slip, actually. But yes, movie slips are made, designed to be torn away and turned into bandages. Always. They're perforated. You go back and look look at pictures of old uh, slips from the 1930s. There's bandage perforation. That's what yes. it's for. Life hacks. Life hacks. 1933. So he bandages up uh, Kiko's finger, and Kiko helps them get coconuts down from the tree. Yes, and where uh, Denim calls him a big dummy. Yes. Even though he's helping him, he's, I literally wrote in my notes, like, I hate this man. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to get down coconuts. He's they horrible. Denim can't push the tree hard enough to knock on the coconuts. So Kiko's like, I'll do it. Gives a good shake. And of course, they get hit on the head with coconuts because it's a comedy now. Yeah. Home, it's a much more lighthearted movie. Until it isn't. Until it isn't. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. But yeah, Denim's kind of a dick because he's a dick. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the two of them make a little fire and wonder about what happened to the other guys. <laughs> Should we shoot the gun off again to signal them? Nah, nah don't, don't waste the bullets. Yeah, they haven't heard us by now. They're probably all dead or something. <laughs> we'll find them in the morning. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but they have a little bit of um, romance time, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, not actually, not making out time, but just she's sleeping on his shoulder and they're talking about, I don't know, life goals or some shit. <laughs> And there's this weird moment (laughs) when Kiko comes around the corner. Oh, my gosh. That was hysterical. (laughs) He, like, peeks around the corner, puts his, like, gasp, puts his hand, like, oh, did I I I interrupt something? Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Should have put a sock on the door. I wouldn't have. Sorry. And just, like, slowly fades away (laughs) into the darkness. Yeah, like it was, oh, this is a romantic moment. I uh, I don't want to interrupt anything. So uh, when morning comes, the Triceratops has gotten bored and wandered off. So the other three get out of where they were to find that their gun is destroyed. Mm -hmm. Denim decides that it's morning. Let's fire off a shot to signal the others. And now it's time to break into the temple. Now we are looking for treasure. Yeah. Earlier they'd found a passageway that was obstructed. It looks like it's been bricked up. This whole time they've been sort of hanging out the, at these kind of ruins left over from that unknown civilization. And there's a passageway, an archway that's been blocked up, presumably on purpose. Right. And they're going to try and break in now. And Kiko sees what they're doing and says, oh, well, let, I'll, let I'll help yeah. you. He knocks down the wall and treasure. There is inside, there's a room oh. with a big Dungeons and Dragons idol <laughs> <laughs> sitting inside there. That looks like, and then the like little necklace that he has with the diamonds that just looks like just looks like this guy holding two yeah. thumbs up. Yeah. So there's some kind of amulet necklace thing hanging on the idol with a big fat diamond in it, and Hilda's like, "Kiko, get it, Kong, ape guy, whatever she calls." Him. Hey, you. Get, can you get that for us? <laughs> Kiko gets down the amulet, and while they're admiring it, starts playing with the gun. <laughs> Puts it in his mouth. Oh. Ends up shooting himself in the end. Denim's all like, hey, you big dummy, put that down. Don't you know guns are dangerous? Of course you don't. You're an ape. Yeah. But he... And he's like, me baby. <clears throat> and he shoots himself in the hand with the, 
with the gun and then breaks it. And then so, breaks it. So they have no guns now. Oh, and that's when the Goofasaurus comes wandering in. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. I was like, baby Loch Ness monster? Yeah, question some, mark? Some kind of dinosaur that I cannot identify. <laughs> yeah. Comes galumphing in. And so I'm just calling it Goofasaurus because it's a goofy looking thing. It is, yes. <laughs> and of course, Kiko fights it. Mm-hmm. beats it to death then it's not quite dead and so he beats it a little it, bit more <laughs> a little bit and then it, it bites his butt yes it bites <laughs> it's like dead and then just reaches up and like it's weird because it looked really dead he's like picking up his his neck is really loose and it's flopping around and he opens his mouth and looks like yep he's dead he's dead it's like ha ha i'm not ah, dead ah. got your butt got your it's butt real. and they uh so they they kill the thing and they get out and uh, hellstrom and charlie and the skipper outside and Denim's trying to tell him about the treasure. And here we find out that Hellstrom lied about the treasure. And he's like the treasure. He's like, there's no treasure. There was never any treasure. I just told you that. So you'd take me with you. And it's just a coincidence that it turns out to actually be treasure. Classic. And Hellstrom, when he, he finds out there's no guns, he, he flips out and right. runs right back to the boat. And they're like, well, we got to stop him. He's going to take the boat. We'll take the boat. And he's like, Denim's like, you guys stop him. I'm going to go back for the rest of the treasure. <laughs> Which is just like describes his entire character in one yeah. minute. Right and then there. out of nowhere and yet not out of nowhere, there's an earthquake. Now, here's my theory. Please tell me because I was so confused. Well, they've broken into a temple. See, that's what I was thinking. Like, and it was very like taken, Cave of Wonders. They've taken the, they're calling it a treasure, but it's... Right hanging around the neck of some kind of idol Mm -hmm. so they've stolen a sacred artifact i think they've angered the god of the island yes i think the island god or gods is angry that his temple has been defiled Mm -hmm. i mean it could be a complete coincidence well that's what this island that's been there for eons uh, which brings me to the kill count okay how is there only 11 well, if the whole island sucks? I think they're just counting what we actually see. Okay, I see. Because, yeah, there's an entire ecosystem. It, yeah, everything is so dead. There's not, only an, so I, there's not only an earthquake. There's an earthquake that sinks the entire island. The entire this island. This island is, yeah. is Atlantis, mm-hmm. is my theory. Oh. Um, there, I mean, it's a... It, maybe it's the last remnant of Atlantis. There's some ancient civilization that now appears to be gone. And then the island sinks. 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 So, <laughs> so maybe Skull Island was the last outpost of Atlantis. And now it's sinking to join the rest of Atlantis at the bottom of the ocean. Disclaimer, I do not believe in Atlantis. It's not. <laughs> it was never a real thing. Plato made it up. Fight me. Fight me. Fight me in the street. <laughs> But thematically, we get an Atlantis moment. We get, well, and also what I like to call the, the fall of the House of Usher. Mm, okay. In that we, it's the it's the end of the story, the, so everything, yeah. everything, everything has, has, to, has to go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the fall of the House of Usher. <laughs> you see in a lot of James Bond movies. Everything must go. Everything collapses. The entire island sinks. The other three are in the boat. Yes. But Denim and Kiko are climbing up what's left. The, of the, island. the island sinks very quickly. And I think we, we see the chief and a few tribal members fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. We see some. Oh, I forgot to go back a minute, though. Before the island, before the earthquake, Hellstrom dies. Oh, yeah. Dies he, by comeuppance. Yes, he gets eaten by uh, we, what we can only assume is Daddy Loch Ness Monster, yes. right? <laughs> yes. He runs to the boat, but before he can take off in it, a sea monster just pops up and says, snack. Yum. <laughs> Delicioso. So he, he gets uh, instant comeuppance for no other reason than he's got it coming to him. Yeah. Yeah. Karma. Then the whole island start, sinks. The last little peak, the top of Skull Mountain, I guess. Uh, yeah. and So this island has come to be known as... Skull Island. Mm-hmm. But in these first two movies, I don't think anyone calls it that. Yeah, someone did call it Skull Mountain. Yeah. And then Kong's they Island. They call it Kong's Island. And I think maybe in the first movie they call it Skull Mountain Island. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Skull Mountain Island? Yeah. I'm playing a Dungeons and Dragons adventure right now called Escape from Skullcano Island. Oh, yeah. You were telling me that. And it, I mean, it's, it's King Kong 
and friends in Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. So anyway, the island sinks and Kiko's foot gets caught in a little crevice as the last peak goes down. And he Mm. picks up denim and holds him above Above the water. water. Also, in the lifeboat, um, it's so funny because Charlie, Skipper, and Hilda are in the lifeboat. Yeah. But the only person being thrown around by the storm is her. She's the only one acting? <laughs> yes. Like, it's she, like the back this, of them and then her just like flailing she's around doing a, in she's, the water. She's doing her best Star Trek acting yes. and no one else is laying along. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yes. Uh, man, that part with a, Kong's foot. There's a part er, earlier when they're on the deck of the ship and the back projection <laughs> backdrop oh. is tilting back and forth pretty drastically. But oh, my they, gosh. They don't seem bothered at all. At all. It was kind of making me dizzy. Like, at one point, I was like, whoa, here we go. But the, the boat comes comes floating up right to Denim just as Kiko sinks beneath the waves and they grab Denim and pull him into the boat. And then looks like they spent a couple of days drifting at sea because they seem pretty... In the next scene, they seem pretty out of it. Yeah. They've run out of water. They're about to die. Yes. Some jokey stuff about the necklace. Yeah, Denim says, stick with me and you'll wear diamonds. can't, Can't eat those diamonds. And then they spot a ship in the distance and they get rescued. And we love we... you, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Denim and Hilda on the deck at night of this boat that's rescued them. And they've been given big fluffy bathrobes. Okay, I was like, are they in robes or were they co- coats? I think they were bathrobes. Okay, I thought so too, but I didn't know if that was like appropriate. I guess it's a cruise ship that they got picked up by. <laughs> So they got big, fluffy bathrobes. Yes. And, and a new pipe. Yes, he's got a pipe. He's either somehow held on his pipe this whole time or been provided with a new one mm-hmm. by the crew. And they have a little talk where Hilda's like, well, I guess when we get back, I'll have to I'll be saying goodbye. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I get, Wait, huh? What? What do you mean? You're not my property yet? Yeah. So there's some discussion about the treasure and splitting it four ways. And then Hilda does some really bad math. <laughs> Some really, really bad math. <laughs> so he wants to split it four ways. Denim, Skipper, Charlie, and Hilda. And Hilda says, what if we just split it three ways? And he's like, what do you mean? One third for the Skipper, one for Charlie, and one for you and me. Because let's be a couple now. Let's date now. Let's get married or whatever. And he's like, oh, shucks. Yeah, sure. And But if they each got their own share, then they would have half between the two of them. <laughs> And they're going to be starting a life together. They could need to buy a house or some shit. It's true. They, it's just bad math. She's trying to be all romantic and shit, but it's bad math. Fart noise. They're both a couple of dummies. Fart. Furthermore, none of them are getting any of that. That treasure is going to be seized <laughs> by the courts. If they ever go back to New York, well, I mean, maybe they just won't go back to New York. It's going to be seized by they're the They've got to find some place with no extradition treaty because if they go back to New York, <laughs> that treasure is being seized by the courts to be distributed amongst all the claimants. It will be years before anybody sees any money off of that treasure. Well, Denim can't go back to New York because aren't they on the run anyway? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's acting like, oh, we're rich now. Everything's fine. And it's not fine. You still have responsibilities. You, you still have still, debts Yeah, killed a bunch of people. Yeah, so he's still planning to not fulfill his obligations and not make right all the wrong he did. He is just going to get married or whatever, split the treasure with his other fugitives. And you get your treasure, Charlie, and you run. Yeah. You get the fuck away from these people. <laughs> they don't deserve you. But then the, the movie ends with this sort of uh, a side hug. I guess. Yeah. There's no awkward, kiss. An awkward, like we're going to be together. Side hug. Yeah. There, there's no kiss. It is the most tepid, <laughs> romance ever lame and this is a a a pre-code film there were not all these rules yet about what you could and could not do so i don't know i guess it's just lame yeah for its own sake yeah well i thought like maybe that was another thing too i was thinking like maybe it's because she's so young like there were so many points where (laughs) i I was like is she a minor i don't think anyone cared back then nice yeah that's true 
don't think they did. And, you know, it's even at that point, I think there was already a long tradition of older guy and younger girl. Yes. So I'm not sure Denim's as old as he seems to be. He comes off very old. I don't like him. Well, no, he's a, he's a trash person. He is a garbage person from Garbage Island. He's a, <laughs> he's a colonizer, an exploiter, despoiler of natural resources. Douchebag. But yeah, I believe that the island sunk because of him. Because yeah. he incurred the wrath of the gods by stealing mm-hmm. that idol's bling. Yeah, it was very Cave of Wonders from Aladdin, you know? When he, like, picks up the lamp, or he uh-huh. picks up the, and then the whole cave falls down. Oh, does it? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, is I've this seen... uh, one of those moments, or is it, like, just, like, storms are coming? <laughs> you know, just out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, none of them seem to be aware that, oh, we the earthquakes happen because of what we've done. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like that's what's yeah. happened. It's I, awfully coincidental. I agree. I feel like you're right. Yeah. Definitely. So, what did you think, though, in general? <sighs> Uh, I liked it okay. better than the first one. <laughs> okay. I had I thought it was more fun. Uh-huh. I liked that it was, but you know, it was, it was. Uh, still got that still, monkey killed. <laughs> still got it. Still got it. That ape died because of him. He would have been fine. The whole island would have been fine if he had not come back. Yeah. That's my theory. Which, if he would have just listened to Charlie, right. they wouldn't have even yeah, been there. Yeah, maybe next time you leave that monkey alone. But no. But no. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did enjoy it. I thought there. I felt more emotionally connected to Kiko than okay. I did to Daddy Kong. Uh-huh. Like he had more expression yes, and more. They, like he played to your heart more. They definitely made. I think they used a lot of the same model. the The understructure mm-hmm. of the model was the same, but obviously they made a new skin for it. And I yeah. think the face they put a lot more. Mm-hmm. expressiveness yep. into the face definitely including some goofy expressions yes that, when he got hit in the head yeah yeah some stuff that rankin and bass will steal decades later yeah oh yeah yep i did like it better it's just as ridiculous i'd say as the first one but i did enjoy it i feel like in the first one they like wanted you to focus more on the love story or the people uh-huh. whereas this one i feel like we focus we could focus more on the actual kong himself uh-huh. it wasn't so much love 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 out of nowhere uh-huh. it was just like goofy yeah Baha. hilarious yeah, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, too, in spite of crapping all over it for the past hour. <laughs> it's, still, it's, it's, it's still fun. It is fun. But Denim's terrible. Charlie, He's awful. Charlie's the best. The skipper is lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about the skipper. Yeah. So next time we will be watching Mighty Joe Young. Oh, that's right. Which is... What year? 1949. Oh, dang. Okay. And I'm, you know, I looked at some lists of kaiju movies, giant monster movies. There doesn't seem to be anything between 1933 and 1949. Wow. And it's the same group of people. Marion Cooper, Ruth Rose. Wills O'Brien. And our, our man, uh, Robert Armstrong, is in it playing a different, playing not denim. Thank goodness. I hope he's not a douchebag in the yeah, next he's one. he's a little bit. <laughs> Typecasted. He's, he's a little bit. <laughs> he's a little typecasted. A little bit of a douchebag. Not quite as bad, but still fairly bad. <laughs> Damn it. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we will. We won't see you. You will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. <laughs> You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.